pretty expensive. Amen. We're going we're gonna to blast some out to our community here in Horn Lake through the mail this week. So I want everybody to uh, take some. Amen. Amen. Brother Alex, it's good to have you here today. Amen. You want to receive this morning's offering? Amen. Don't leave your phone in there. I'll take that. Amen. So let's march and give us unto the Lord today. Stand right there, buddy. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, Father. We thank you today for your goodness and your mercy, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to come and to worship your name. God, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being in your house, being among your people. God, we ask, O oh Lord, today, Jesus, that you would bless those that have to give, bless those that have not to give, O oh Jesus. Father, we are asking for your spirit and truth, O oh Lord, to liberate and to move and to bless us today. God, let there be a great return on this offering for us locally, God, and for your kingdom around the world. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. Let's march and give as unto the Lord, and also let's uh, grab some of these flyers, too. Pass these out to people, too, if you don't mind. Amen. Lord, oh, my soul. Amen. Oh, my soul. Amen. When you're done, give it to Sister Sheila. Sister Sheila. Give it to Brother Corbin. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. At this time, our children can be dismissed for class. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Morgan and uh, Madeline. You can go to class if you'd like. Amen. Hallelujah. Haley, if you want to go, you can go too. You do what you want to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles today, turn with me to uh, John chapter... Um, I tell you what, let's... Uh, Brother Corbin, if you could pull John 5, 2 up. I don't know if that's possible. 5, chapter 4. We'll look at that as well. Um, but also uh, John 10. If you have your Bibles, we'll start in John 10. Then we'll go backwards to John chapter 5. Good to have my mother-in-law in town. Amen. She is in town waiting on the new Vasco. Amen. And uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, kind of give you a little idea before I move um, into my sermon. This Friday night, uh, uh, this Friday night, you do not want to miss it. Brother Huntley is going to be right here. And it's going to be a powerful move of the Holy Ghost. If you know anybody that needs healed in their body, healed in their spirit, healed in their mind, have them here Friday night. We are specifically seeking for 
God to heal. Brother Stark will be here as well to help with that service. Uh, Brother Smith, Brother Bobby Wade will be here. Um, and uh, Brother Easterling and his team will be here. And so we are expecting God to really do something special Friday night. Um, anybody that needs healed, have them here. And then Sunday, Sunday, we are going to be doing a blessing the community. We're going to do some blessing Friday night. We're going to do most of the blessing Sunday. Um, we're going to be blessing people on Saturday in the park as well. Um, but Sunday, it's going to be a day where we're going to bless our community. Amen. Uh, so we will need help Saturday, next Saturday. I ask that everyone make themselves available. Also next Sunday, we will need help. And uh, we'll specifically reach out to you about exactly what we need. Sister Yon will reach out to you, amen, about some specifics of what she needs. Amen. So I thank you for your commitment to that. Amen. John 10, chapter 10. It's one of my most favorite passages of Scripture because it gives me perspective of exactly what's going on in my life. This is Jesus speaking. He said, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, how are you living? And then when they kind of give you that awkward smile because y'all are looking at each other, ask them again real awkwardly. No, seriously. How are you living? John 5, 5. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him, he and knew that that he had been now a long time in the case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled. For just a little bit today, I want to preach from this top living for God. Living for God. Good, I got it right. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for your goodness, and we thank you for your mercy. God, we ask that you would speak directly to us today, and that your power would flow through us, and that your grace, O oh Lord, would help us. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Sometimes I can't exactly remember. I'll send them a text or something. I can't exactly remember the exact wording of my title, but we did good today. Living for God. That was good. I 
have grown up in church my entire life. I make a joke and I tell people that I was born on Saturday and then I was in church on Sunday. I can count on my hands and toes, fingers and toes, realistically, how many Sundays I have gone without being in church for my whole entire 40, almost 41 years. That's quite cool. Somebody say amen. Some could say that I have been living for God for 41 almost years. Whether I wanted to live for God or not, my mother and grandmother and grandfather made sure that I was living for God. Somebody say amen. Whether I wanted to go to church or not, wanted to go to church, whether I was tired or sick, most of the time I was going to church. The only way I was not going to church is if I was vomiting. That was a for sure sign that I wasn't going to church. But nonetheless, not to be too graphic, and I apologize, Living for God. A lot of people have heard people say, I've been living for God for 70 years. Nobody's ever heard somebody say that. I've been living for God for 40 years. The question is, have you really? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, how long have you been living for God? What if one of y'all answer that? Y'all answer, how long have you been living for God? Go ahead and ask each other. Come on, I want to hear, I want to hear a, a rumble of, of conversation in the building. How, how long have you been living for God? And then the person that answered, I want you to ask them the question, have you really been living for God? I mean, you got to do it with a lot of passion and, and a lot of, you know, just facial, just, you know, contortion. Have you really been living for God that long? Have you really been living for God that long? You see, in John chapter 5, we see a man that was lame at the pool. And there is Jesus standing in front of him. And he asked the man, he said, how long have you been here? And the man answered him. He said, I've been here a while. And he said, every time the water is troubled, by the time I get to the water, somebody else has got their blessing. Somebody else has got their healing. And he said, quite frankly, Jesus, I don't have any help 
to get me in to the water in time. I have no man to help me. What's funny is that he did not need a man to help him. He just needed a touch from God to heal him. Somebody say amen. The man had been around the moving of the spirit for a long time. And he did not quite realize just what he needed. Do you realize that every year, you got to get this. Every year, the man saw the angel's wings touch the water. And he saw somebody lame step into the water and come out whole. Do, have, you, have you grasped that? Imagine every Sunday, once a year, let's just say December 1st, every year we walk into the building and whoever does the best dance or the best shout or the best song or whatever it is, they get healed. And every Sunday, that once a year, we bring in a group of people. And every year, we see one person healed, whether they're blind, whether they're lame, whether they got cancer, whatever their uh, situation is, God touches them. And we see that every year. And I promise I will not preach long today because it's already 500 degrees in the building. We're going to get this worked out. It's the summertime blues around Christ's life. Amen. Is it cool? Is it cooler further back or is it just it must it's gotta be the lights, hallelujah. Won't go long today, hallelujah. Imagine that. Every year you see a miracle. The waters are troubled. A lame person goes in. Somebody's sick in body goes in the water and they come out whole. Imagine how elevated your faith would be. Imagine the, the knowledge that God can do anything. Somebody say amen. And every year you see that for year after year after year after year. But imagine just how low your faith would get if you had the need and you were never able to get your healing. Somebody say amen. Imagine how low your faith would go if God wasn't doing it for you like he was for other people. Imagine the inner struggle that you would have if you saw everybody else getting touched. People that came to the game to the pool after you, but yet they got their miracle. Imagine what you would feel your emotional disdain would be for others around you. Your emotional disdain for where you are currently because everybody else is getting their blessing. But you're not getting yours. Somebody say amen. Have you ever worked on a job? I used to work for a company called Lindsay Acura and I... I sold cars, amen. And there's this guy that came in to work at Lacura, and, and he was sharp. I mean, he looked good. He, he came to sharp, and, and I mean, he just, he, he had it there. And I was working there and working there. I was selling cars, and it was a good car salesman. I, I was pushing out a lot of cars, Sister Sheila. And this guy comes in, and, and all of a sudden, he gets the keys to the kingdom. He had that personality, that pizzazz. He he had that look, and 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 uh, 
his his. You know that lady that sings um, all the days of another. Da, 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 da. I think the lady wrote a song, or maybe she sung this. I don't know who she was, but he went to a Parsley Church, and and his aunt was Judy or something like that. That was the Lindsays. They went to Parsley's Church to go. So when he came in, he he had the unfair advantage. So he got the fast track right to manage. Oh, I was upset. Oh, I was, I was a little flustered, Sister Yon. That's a very carnal, carnal concept. That's a very average way of looking at things. But, Brother David, do you realize how frustrated I was in that moment when he got the keys to the kingdom? Straight to the finance office. I'd been the one going out in the car lot, moving all the cars around, doing all the work. And yet, he gets the management job. That's a very carnal way of looking at things. But the reality is, is that life is just that way. Sometimes life is unfair. But the truth is. Of the matter is, is that man that day had an opportunity that nobody else had before him. Do you realize the opportunity that man had that day? That day that man had the opportunity that not one other person had in front of him. That day that man got to look God Almighty in the face. That day, that man got to be touched by Jesus Christ. Nobody else had been touched by Jesus Christ up until that point. But that man that day got to be touched by Jesus Christ. And to me, that's exciting. To me, that's exhilarating because God Almighty touched this man with his own hands. You see, the reality is this, the pause that comes in our lives, the the holdups, the delays, the things that don't go right all the time. Usually they're for one purpose and one purpose alone. And that's so we can see Jesus in the middle of it. Somebody say amen. It's not fair to stand for Jesus when everybody else is bowing to be thrown in the fiery furnace. But the reality is, uh, if those three Hebrew children would have never stood in the fiery furnace, uh, the world would have never seen the fourth man in the fire. I've come today to tell you in this place uh, that living for God is not always easy. uh, And living for God is not always fair. uh, And living for God is not always simple. But living for God is about the world seeing Jesus through your life, through your situation, through your stance. Oh, this is good preaching. Amen. It's not God's will for us to walk around in defeat. It's not God's will. For us to walk around frustrated. It's not God's will for us to walk around faithless. It's not God's will for us to walk around with 
doubt. It's not God's will for us to walk around with despair. It's not God's will for us to walk around with negativity in our mind and in our spirit. It's not God's will for us to look at the glass half empty. It is God's will for us to have faith and replace it with doubt. It is God's will for us to say it might not be okay today but my Redeemer lives and all is well. I recall a widow woman whose son was dead and when the prophet asked her how is everything that widow woman said all is well. Folks I've come today to tell you that if you're living for God all is well. If God is fighting for you. You ought to have faith. There ain't nothing I hate more than negative people. There ain't nothing I hate more than negativity. Yesterday, somebody that worked for me, one of the most negative human beings, you know the person, Brother David, one of the most negative human beings called, I mean, I'm talking more negative than Darth Vader. I'm talking negative Amen. I had a busy week. Amen. I was going to the golf tournament. I was going to chill. Hey, Ainsley. And I was going to have, she's liking this sermon today. And I was going to have a lemonade and sit on number seven. Have a good day. And on my way there, I get a phone call about somebody. And I said, I tell you what. I said, why don't you shut up? I said, you're ruining my day. I said, say something happy before you say something negative next time. I said, all you do is complain about everything. Why don't you say thank you about something or point out something positive before you jump into negativity? I said, if not, just hang up. And they just hung up and I had a great day the rest of the day what I'm saying is this world has enough negativity in it this world has enough doubt in it this world has enough fear in it why not live for God and be a vessel of faith Folks, folks, why bring more darkness to a dark room? Jesus said you are the light of the world. Why don't you bring your candle with you and just be a light in a dark place? Somebody say amen. Nobody should live oppressed and nobody should live oppressed. But we should be examples that we can live free. Folks, if you feel oppressed, if you feel depressed, if you feel bound, if you feel like you're in a box, if you feel like you're on a boat and the waves are crashing around you and you see Jesus out there telling you to step a little further and you want to take that.
that step. But all you have is fear and faithlessness and doubt. And you've got people telling you, oh, it ain't ever going to be that way. Oh, it ain't ever going to change. Oh, it ain't always going to be that way. You know those people. You know those people the world's falling apart tomorrow. Oh, my God, everything's going wrong. Folks, oh, we've got to have faith. Oh, you know how much money Brother Herring this weekend's going to cost? I know, but we've got to have faith. Brother Herring, do you know this church probably don't have very much money coming in, so you know how much money you're going to spend? I know, but we've got to have faith. At some point, this world does need the light of the gospel. At some point, people need to see, my God, if you go to this event and you're not smiling, oh, I've got a, I've got a, why I oughta. Folks, we ought to be the happiest people on planet Earth. Remember the Coulter, he's around me a lot. He knows there's some days that are happy. But I'll tell you one thing I do well. And people struggle with this, Sister Keela. Keela. Tequila. <laughs> Sister Keel, Sister Sheila, Tequila. Amen. I tell you, Brother Coulter, he'll tell you people struggle with it. Well, I'll get mad and I'll just say what I think, Sister Yon. And you're not going to like it. Usually, who likes to get told they did something wrong or we can do this better? Somebody, right? I don't think I've ever cussed at anybody lately. Not that I haven't wanted to, but I haven't. But then, when I'm done, the one thing the Lord has helped me with, when I'm done, I'm usually over it. But some people have the ability. Somebody chews me out. Something goes wrong. Something, something, something. I do. Yesterday. That little conversation I had when he hung up. I was over it. Bob said, did this ruin your day, Dad? I said, no, buddy. Amen. And the Lord came through. We got to meet through a miracle. Lord, thank God good. But I say all that to say, folks, things in life aren't perfect. Just because you're living for God when you wake up and you take your take your cereal out, Tony's not going to jump off the box and go, you're going to have a great day. That's, a, that's an old reference probably for somebody. Tony the Tiger, Frosted Flakes. Things aren't going to go perfect just because you say, I'm living for God. No. But the reality is this, that if you're living for God, you need to be the light of the world. And your responsibility is bigger than. I'm going to step on a toe right now. Is bigger than how you want to feel or what you want to do or how you want to act. If God is for you, who can be against you? My 
God in heaven. If God is for you, who can be against you? I hate to be so carnal today. I'm just being carnal, Sister Yon. But I watched some of them NBA finals. Anybody watch some of them NBA finals? Okay. And uh, let me catch you up real quick, Brother David. Uh, Golden State Warriors, they were playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I'm going to leave all bias out of it, okay? One, the Cleveland Cavaliers were leading, I believe, by like 15 points at one point of the game. And I'm looking at the other side of the bench, and I see Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant and Draymond Green and Clayton. They're just cut up. They're just smiling, goofing off. You know, at this point, you should be upset. But no, not them. Why not? Because they knew what they were capable of. They knew what they had the ability to do. In times, they had the amounts and came back in one. They knew a patty in that moment. I don't think sometimes as Christians we understand our capacity in the middle of our circumstance are we capable of overcoming because who is on our side? Folks, Jesus Christ is on our side. Either you believe him in his power or you don't. But if you know him like I know him, you know that anything is possible. God is fighting for us. God is on our side. But I think the battle, in closing, I think the battle that we have is because it's not his capacity that causes us to fear. It's not his capacity that causes us to doubt. It's not his capacity that causes us to be faithless, but it's our capacity. Am I right? We know what we're capable of. And it's not always the best. We know where our mind goes when things go wrong. We know what kind of, 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 of selfishness that we are engaged in on a daily basis. We, we know. It's like the Apostle Paul. Even he knew. He said there are things that I want to do for God. And there's things that I don't want to do. But the things that I do want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I wind up doing. He said, I've got a capacity for failure. But folks, today, if I can encourage anybody in this house, Live for God. If you live for God, your life will be made whole. If you live for God, it will work out in your favor. If you live for God, God will do it. In our text we read, the Bible says that immediately the man Immediately the man was healed. He took up his bed and walked. My question to you is this. Are you ready? Was his healing immediate? 
Or was it a process of years? See, I, I have a completely different way of looking at it. The man had the ability to watch people get healed year after year. Have you ever prayed for somebody that needed a healing and they didn't get it? You know, the problem was not your prayer. The problem was not your ability to harness the Lord. The Bible says where two or three are gathered there in his midst, or two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. It's just a simple mathematical equation. Me and you, when we pray in his name, he shows up. So the problem was not me and you, or unless I was praying for you, maybe that was the problem. And the problem was not him showing up, Sister Young. The problem was the person that needed the healing, their ability to have faith enough to receive it. It was the man that told Jesus, he said, Jesus, I know you can do it, but help my unbelief. He said, I've seen you do it before, but I'm not sure you can do it for me, so I need you to help me get a hold of you doing it for me in my life on my behalf. Oh, my Lord. God, I feel this in my spirit today. The man's immediate healing that day come from years of watching others get healed. And then when he stood in front of Christ that day, the Lord spoke and he knew, okay, today's my day. And God immediately healed his body. There's a tree. It's, it's a bamboo tree. It's a style of a bamboo tree. And, and, uh, <clears throat> It's, it's in the southern Asia, the, the southern Amos, Asian hemisphere over there. And you plant the tree, and for five years you see nothing. But you have to water that spot every single day. But in the fifth year, if you've watered it, and you've fertilized it, and you've taken care of it, that particular bamboo tree grows 90 feet In its fifth year. Would you say that that's immediate? Or would you say it was five years. Of not seeing anything. But just doing what you were supposed to do. Folks. There's something incredible. About being faithful. And living for God. There's something powerful. About it. But, but, faith will affect the outcome. Let's all stand today. Faith will affect the outcome. Now, there's people in this room that you need God to do something for you. And you need God to do something for your family. And you said, you know, Brother Herring, I've been living for God for so many years. Amen. And you could even say like me, I've not always been living for God well. I've not always been living for God the way I'm supposed to be living for God. But today is a new day. And today we can move forward and we can 
explore the possibilities of living a faith-filled life. That is what we can do today. But God's Spirit is here today to cleanse us and to wash us. And for us to have that Spirit. I want to read a particular scripture for you. And once I get done reading, Brother Corbin is going to play a song that is so applicable the situation that some of y'all are in. Remember I was speaking about <clears throat> I was speaking about us and how we don't always have the faith to <clears throat> we don't always have the faith to see it come to pass. In Ecclesiastes 9.10 it says, Whatsoever your hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. Folks, we've got one shot at this. We've got one opportunity at this. And we need to make this thing, living for God, be done right and with excellence. Turn that up. Turn that up for Close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven today. Come on, have faith today. Uh. Come on. Let your spirit be lifted today. 